Before we start this episode, just want to continue to give our thoughts to everybody that has been impacted by this coronavirus. Um, you know, we hope all your friends and family and loved ones are safe. Uh, but as well as that, just want to give a continual thanks to everybody who is out there working, supporting the communities, whether it is um, frontline workers in the medical field like doctors, nurses and other healthcare professionals, whether it is teachers who are still out there teaching students, um, you know, store workers, delivery drivers, couriers, um, and apologies if I have forgot anybody, but uh, just want to say a continual thanks to everybody that is out there and serving the greater needs of the community. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls and children of all ages, welcome to episode 29 of the Fumble Recovery Fantasy Football Podcast where we'll be covering the last two of our divisions in our divisional breakdowns. And having done the West, the North and the East, we are now left with the South. So we'll be covering the AFC South and the NFC South. Um, plenty of uh, fantasy relevant players and uh, obviously some big trades that we're all aware of impacting some of the teams. <coughs> Bill O'Brien. Um, so with me to break it all down, I have Mo. Giddy up. And we have Chigs. Hey. Hey, hey, and giddy up, chaps. Paul is unable to join this week, uh, hoping to be back next week. So, uh, Paul, hope you're having fun uh, wherever you are at the moment. And um, before we do start, just want to give a shout out to the DC presidents. Uh, Buck has accepted our challenge. So either Buck or the four of us are going to be busking in Leicester Square in Jaguar print outfits. Uh, hopefully it's Buck. Uh, I'm looking at you guys to uh, not let me down because I know I've drafted well in that league. So <laughs> it's a team effort. Huh? There may I've, be some actually got, um, I've actually got Buck first week as well in the other uh, matchups and he's currently projected to be uh, to be beating me. So. Oh, great. That, that's not a good start. Yeah. In fact, I'm going to be uh, seeing Buck in a few days. I'm actually heading up to um, Sunderland before I head to Scotland. So um, look forward to meeting with you as well, brother. Um, nice. Right, so... Let's, let's get down to business then. We'll start with the AFC South. Uh, first team, um, the Texans. Uh, you know, very, very much talked about team with some of the, let's say, questionable trades or transactions that they made in the offseason. But I'll run through the depth chart first and then we can uh, break down the fantasy relevance. So QB, uh, you got Deshaun Watson, who I believe is actually engaged in contract extension talks at the moment, and then backed up by AJ McCarron. Running back, David Johnson, we all know as part of that trade with DeAndre Hopkins. Duke Johnson, and then behind them, you've got like of Karan Higdon, Buddy Howell. Nobody really of note. Wide receiver, um, another player that they picked up from the Texans, and Brandon Cooks. You also have Will Fuller, Randall Cobb, who's come over from the Cowboys. And then you have Kenny Stills as well. And then rookie Isaiah Coulter, who um, I know has been picked up in a few rookie drafts. There's also Kiki Kuti, who may or may not be a thing. Um, was highly regarded for a while and nothing sort of came of it. Titans, got Darren Felds, Jordan Aikens, and Kahale Waring. And then if you care about kickers, Kaimi Fairburn has been actually fairly reliable for fantasy purposes in 
in uh, recent years. So, uh, Chiggs, we'll start you off. Any thoughts on the Texans? Uh, obviously, they've lost Nuke Hopkins, who was um, arguably one of the best, if not the best, receiver in football. How do you feel about Texans starters now? Yeah, so it's obviously going to be a downgrade for for Deshaun Watson. You know, I think we've talked about it in previous episodes, but you know, losing a receiver of his caliber, you know, as much as I like Brandon Cooks and actually, you know, I think he could be a league winner for people this year. You know, the value you're going to get from him is actually very good. I think he's going really late in a lot of drafts, um, um, redraft and dynasty. So he's, he's a late round sort of guy you should target for sure. But for Deshaun Watson, you know, obviously it limits his sort of um, value. But at the same time, you know, from a dynasty perspective, this is probably a good time to be getting in on him because you'll probably be getting a good value on him for people that maybe will be smarting from the fact that you know, Nuke's not there anymore. You yeah, know, and what about the other guys, Alan? Any thoughts on the two running backs of note? So... David Johnson, for me, again, I think he's going to have a good year, provided he can stay healthy. But I think, you know, there's, there's a few question marks about a few, like these stud running backs from, you know, from a few years ago. So David Johnson, Todd Gurley, you know, it's basically the talent's there, the situation's there now. It's just, are they going to hold up? If David Johnson holds up for the season, you know, I can see him finishing as a top five running back. But... I then think I'm not sure he can stand up to the whole season. So that's the problem. Yeah, so Mo, uh, any differing thoughts to what Chiggs has just said? Any players you think may have missed on there? I'm actually in agreement there. Um, For me, I am very, very bullish on Brandon Cooks. He is, I'm targeting him in all my leagues. Uh, As Chiggs mentioned, the value you're getting, I mean, he's being drafted like 90th, 80th overall, and you look at the talent surrounding him. Um, it's nowhere near his caliber. And, I mean, and you know, yes, he's on a new team. You have a little concussion history. But, you know, he, I think he's only missed a couple games due to the concussions. And he's, you know, ex- you know if, you don't count, if you don't count last year, he's had 1,000-plus yards in, you know, with, you know, with the Saints, with the Patriots, and with the Rams. And, you know, Rams had a crowded um, a Whitefield group there. So I, I think he's, he's, he's going to be a beast. And um, David Johnson, I think, again, another one you can get value. I think he's going like around 50th overall. Um, he's, he's a boom-bust player, though. Um, I mean, they do have a pretty decent upgrade line. His receiving ability you know, is, is an upgrade to, um, to what they had last year. So, um, yeah, I mean, for, for the most part, you know, once, um, for once, I'm actually agreeing with Chiggs here all around here <laughs> as assessment. So I, I know you mentioned it before, Amir, but like, obviously you're um, you're quite high on Duke Johnson, right? And I think he's going to be quite a sneaky little pickup as well. I, I was just going to say, if there's a, I don't have David Johnson in any leagues, but my recommendation is if you do get David Johnson, try and handcuff with Duke, even if it means reaching for Duke. And Duke Johnson is a player I've actually picked up in a few leagues, um, a few drafts this year. I think actually in illegal contact and in um, the IDP league, just because of what David Johnson has been through in the past few seasons, I don't have that faith in him. And I'm sure many managers are going to struggle to have faith in him to be their all season starter and not to pick up some sort of injury or even, you know, I never would hope that anything like this happens, but another concussion, you know, with what David Johnson's been through, it could, uh, 
could just uh, worry you. So yeah, Duke Johnson is somebody I'm definitely targeting and picking up. Um, he's not a very well-renowned name in fantasy circles, so you can get him for good value. But I think the upside that he has, and he definitely should be drafted in every startup, um, even if it's late. I mean, even if it's a 10-team league, I think Duke Johnson should be drafted, particularly where it's PPR. I can see the argument against in the standard, but where it's a PPR league, I think he has shown uh, those pass-catching chops. And that's kind of why um, Houston traded for him. I think they gave the third round, didn't they, for him as well, third or fourth. So, you know, ultimately it wasn't a throwaway pick. It was one, one of a value, ultimately, where you are building starters. So, yeah, Duke Johnson definitely... Uh, agree with Brandon Cooks again. He's had so many concussions that you know. Hope he can have a healthy season. Really like watching him play. Uh, fiercely competitive receiver, and you know, outside of last season, he's always had like a thousand yards wherever he's played. So big fan of him. Um, I actually kind of like Randall Cobb. Again, in a in a in a redraft league, you might not want to. I think if you look at Kenny Stills, Brandon Cooks, Will Fuller, and Randall Cobb. Cobb is arguably the most reliable in terms of fitness and very good slot receiver. Now, he's probably not the player he was at Green Bay. I think we all would acknowledge that. But he was still fairly productive with Dak Prescott. And Dak and Deshaun are not too dissimilar. They're very elusive. They move out of the pocket. They do get rushing yards. But, you know, they create space for themselves. And somebody like Randall Cobb, you wouldn't want him to be your wide receiver one or two, but certainly on your bench. I, I do like Randall Cobb this year. I think he'll surprise a few people. Sort of player who can get eight, 900 yards as well. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's actually the kind of guy, like if you're in a dynasty startup and you've, you know, you've taken someone like C.D. Lamb or Jerry Judy early on, you know, so you, you know, you've invested high capital, you know, when you could be taking top tier wide receivers there. Randall Cobb is a really nice guy to pick up later on, you know, veteran that, you can plug and play um, and will give you decent value, you know, for, for now. And then, mm. you know, while CD and Jerry Judy and stuff, you know, take their time to develop. Yeah, absolutely. So that was the Texans. Uh, we'll move on then to the Colts. Uh, big change at the Colts, uh, obviously bringing in a veteran QB. So I'll run through the depth chart and we'll uh, just talk about players there. So QB, you now have Phil Rivers. Uh, Jacoby Brissett, who was the starter last season, and Jacob Eason, the rookie that they've picked up this season. Running back, uh, player I'm a huge fan of, Jonathan Taylor. And you've also got Marlon Mack, Naheem Hines, and Jordan Wilson. Uh, Wilkins, even, is still around. Wide receivers, T.Y. Hilton, Michael Pittman Jr., who um, I know I've stated my love for before, and Paris Campbell. Uh, and then you've also got the likes of Zach Pascal. And, and Darius Fountain. Tight ends, you've got Jack Doyle. Um, Eric Ebron has left, but they've added Trey Burton. And then everybody's favorite ex-basketballer, Mo Ali Cox. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, no Adam Vinatieri this season. You've got Chase McLaughlin or a guy called Rodrigo Blankenship. Can't say I know much about them. I do have to give an honorable mention to linebacker Darius Leonard, uh, if you do play in IDP formats, then it's just an absolute beast. And as you say, he's probably that next star for many, many years, particularly in a dynasty. Not that I've got 
trying to justify my <laughs> pick or anything. <laughs> but uh, Mo, we'll start with you this time. What are your thoughts on the uh, Colts this year? Uh, I think based on uh, I think they're gonna they're gonna do really well. Uh, based on a value as position wise, um, I love I love Tui. Uh, I think he's going around forty or fifty overall in the standard redraft league, or PPR redraft league. Um, sorry, he's going like fifty five um, in standard redraft league. I really uh, I, th- I think that's just great value. Um, one thing that does kind of conserve him that people should be worried about, he did kind of tweak his hamstring. And if you recall last year, you know, those tweaked hamstrings can last throughout the whole season. Um, they're saying it's not that serious, but uh, who knows? Uh, that's something to keep an eye on. In a, in a dynasty format, uh, Michael Pittman, I think long-term wise, I think he's going to be a solid option there uh, with that team. And I think Rivers, I mean, um, from my understanding, I think he's essentially going undrafted in redraft leagues. I think... Um, uh, I mean, he's he's a great player to target. Uh, that you know they have one of the best offensive lines, and um, you know he's he's got good good amount. He got two two decent solid tight ends. He's got wide receivers. I think he's going to have a lot of weapons around him. Um, you know he's got Mac at the running back position, and you got the rookie ta- uh, Taylor uh, Jonathan Taylor. So um, the only concern with me the running back, I think as we've mentioned before, if you draft Taylor, um, you should probably try to handcuff and get a handcuff him and get Mac. So it's one of those, it's one, one of those uh, linebacking cores that I, I think um, you should have both running backs if you're going to have one, but uh, yeah. Oh, what do you guys think? If you could draft one wide receiver to be relied on this season, who is that guy? Oh, I think that's clearly a TY. I don't think Michael Pittman even comes in the conversation, just him being a rookie with COVID. Um, uh, I think it's TY for sure. He, he Actually, in a redraft, he would be the only receiver I would target. Okay. And Jigs? Yeah, I mean, pretty much echo the same thing. The, the What I would say is um, Paris Campbell's going really under the radar. You know, he was obviously um, going quite early in sort of rookie draft last year, I think sort of early second, maybe even crept into the late first. Um, no one's really talking about him after you, you really do anything last year, but you know, he's projecting to be their, their slot guy, right? And, you know, we've seen Phil Rivers support multiple wide receivers in um, San Diego stroke LA. He's got a much better offensive line now. You know, Phil Rivers is still, I think, going to ball out, as you know, as, as Mike pointed out, he's a great sort of candidate to, you know, for a if you want to add depth, you know, in a super flex league, you know, as your third QB and stuff, great target there. Um, echo about T.Y. Hilton, he's still the main man. You know, he's, he's going to be the guy, especially in a redraft. Obviously, Dynasty, he's going to slide a lot because of his age and his injury concern. But, you know, see, he's a kind of guy you can still pick up late on. And like a Julian Edelman, you know, kind of guy that will do very well for your team, I think. Uh, Jack Doyle is the one, actually, um, that I'm really interested in as a tight end. You've seen seen Phil Rivers rely on his tight ends before, uh, and we've seen Jack Doyle put up good numbers as well, so I think that's a match made in heaven. So I can see Jack Doyle finishing. I know it's not saying much, but I can see him finishing as a tight end one. See, I, I thought about Jack Doyle until they drafted Trey Burton, or sorry, traded for Trey, Trey Burton. That's my, that was my only concern there. Yeah, Thoughts on that? Um, you know, Trey um has uh, been uh, relevant in the past, but it didn't really work out for him at the Eagle. Uh, sorry, at the Bears. And the thing is, he was still under Matt Nagy and still under a coach he played with at the Eagles. So just uh, 
don't know if I'd want to trust Burton personally, but I do like the value of Doyle just because Rivers has historically thrown to his tight end. You know, for years and years he had Antonio Gates and then recently had Hunter Henry. And if with Ebron gone, I do like the value of Doyle. But I do see what you mean. You know, Trey Burton is seen as a multifaceted uh, tight end. He got a big contract and it just didn't work out for him at Chicago. Um, running backs, again, yeah. it's another situation where I'd probably try and handcuff. I agree with you, Mo. Try and get both of them. Because I think there will come a point where Taylor just takes over and won't look back. And we've seen it far too often in recent years. We saw it with Alvin Kamara, even though he had Mark Ingram and Adrian Peterson to overcome. We've seen it with the likes of Kareem Hunt, uh, you know, with the likes of Nick Chubb. A lot of these rookies, they do. you have to be patient with them. But when the, when the ball is given to them and they take over the reins, then they don't tend to look back, really. Appreciate the concerns with no or limited training camp and no preseason games. So that's definitely a consideration. It might take rookies longer, but Tech Taylor was my favorite running back um, pre-draft in the, in the thing. I, I think he's going to be excellent. And particularly where you're drafting in um, keeper leagues and you could get him in fourth, fifth, sixth round, dare I say, because people don't consider him the starter. If you get to keep him in the future years as a fourth to sixth rounder, that's going to be incredible value because I think he's going to be up there with the likes of your Derek Henrys in terms of uh, rushing numbers. Any thoughts uh, around any other Colts, Jigs? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I love Marlon and Jonathan Taylor, right? You know, we um, I really deliberated between taking him at third in our rookie draft and ended up plumping for CEH. But, you know, all through the process, I actually, as soon as he landed with the Colts, he, he was straight away was my number one running back. Um, and I think obviously he's you know he's splitting hairs as one A one B. I think I think the the fact that Marlon Mack's still there, and I think some reports have come out saying you know don't sleep on him. I think he's still gonna chip away a bit of you know Taylor's production, but I think yeah, as you say, longer term definitely Jonathan Taylor's. You know he's he's a stud running back. You know, if you can get hold of him, you know you're gonna be laughing. I, I do just he, also he, have. Sorry, gone. Oh, so I was going to say, just PPR-wise as well, you know, Naeem Hines is someone just to, you know, add bench depth as well. You know, I think he'll he'll offer some weeks, you know, where you can, you need you need a filler, you know, in a PPR league, you know, in, in a standard or half PPR probably wouldn't bother, but in full PPR, you know, I think he offers some value. Yep. And I will just end on the Colts and say, um, in your redraft leagues, that's a DST to target. They've got some incredible talent and having traded away the first to get DeForest Buckner they're going to have more pressure on, on the line as well uh, from the line I should say so definitely a DST that's on my radar if particularly if you miss out on the really elite ones like the 49ers and the Bears for example I mean for me I think if you look at it you know at the start of the season the Colts are probably for me the most complete overall team in terms of, you know, they've probably got the best defensive line in football. They've got one of the best defences in football. Now they've added, obviously, you know, a, a very good quarterback. They've added weapons, you know, Mark Pittman, second year for Paris Campbell. Like, they're a, if, if they 
keep stay healthy. If T.Y. Hilton can stay healthy and Phil Rivers, you know, um, can play to his level, I can see them really making a run. You know, they're they're all in, right? So this this is this is a team that's going for it. Yep. I agree. I, I do like the Colts' chances this year. It's just whether they can translate that talent into success. Uh, yeah, exactly. Very well-rounded team, and definitely. Right, so we'll move on then to the Titans, the Neely men of the AFC last year. Looked like for a while they were heading to the Super Bowl, uh, having made it as a wildcard team, but the Chiefs came back like they did to the 49ers. So um, good season, though, for the Titans. I really like what Vrabel's doing there. Just go through their team. So they have Ryan Tannenhill. Obviously, Mariota's now left. Uh, so Tannenhill is backed up by Logan Woodside and Cole McDonald. Running back, got the rushing leader from last season, Derek Henry. Uh, rookie Darrington Evans. And you've got a couple of new names that Dallin Dawkins and Kari Blazin game. I hope I've not butchered that. Uh, wide receiver, AJ Brown, Corey Davis, if he ever becomes a thing. <laughs> Uh, and Adam Humphreys. Uh, outside of that, you've got some lesser-known names like Khalif Raymond. Uh, tight end, Jonu Smith, this time not Delaney Walker. Jonu Smith and Anthony Ferkser. Uh, and then Greg Joseph, if you care about kickers. So, Chiggs, start with you. What are your thoughts on the Titans this year? Again, another balanced, balanced team. Um, I mean, I think the main guy... You know, obviously, Derek Henry's the, the the one. You know, the team that the, the offense runs through him, um, rushing leader last year. But you know, in a PPR league, you know, his ceiling is going to be capped because he doesn't offer that production. You know, from catching and and the receiving yards. So he's heavily reliant on his rushing yards and his touchdowns. So if the touchdowns come down, you know, I I can see Derek Henry being the classic guy that's going to underperform his ADP. You know he's going in first round of starter um, in rookie, rookie draft in you know in redraft leagues at the moment, and you're basically banking on him to replicate last season's performance. And I think in PPI, he still only finishes a running back seven, six or seven, something like that. Could be wrong, but you know. So he's definitely for me a sell high candidate. If you if you're not a contender, get out from him asap. Um, yeah. 303 rushing attempts last year. That's a lot yeah. of wear and tear on the body. Um, That's the thing. It's the, the volume. Well, you, see, you see, you have the volume, but they've obviously added... Um, there's a guy, I think, you know, Moe's quite big on as well. Um, <laughs> it's Darren, Darrington Evans, right? Yeah. Yeah, so, you know, if he, if he eats into some of his work as well, you know, some of that volume comes down, some of those touchdowns come down. You know, I still think Derek Henry's a very safe, you know, Worst case, he'll finish as a high-end running back two, low-end running back one, probably. But you know, if you're drafting him to be a top-five guy, you may, you know, you're, you're chasing that, I think, a little bit. Yeah, the one thing you do have to bear in mind that he is going to get is touchdowns. I mean, he got 16 last year, and there were other other opportunities where the Titans fans were calling for them to run it with Henry, and the coaching staff tried something clever and play action which didn't kind of work out. I think we saw that in the AFC Championship game as well. So that's 16. I know he had productive um, uh, playoffs as well. So I think Derek Henry, ab- above maybe all other running backs, is going to be reliable in terms of getting touchdowns. You can rely on him to get at least 12 to 13, at least. I think yeah. that's low end. 
Yeah, that's what I mean, right? You know, you, your your floor with Derrick Henry is quite safe. I mm. think your upside's limited. You know, like it's it's just you know, can can he finish as the as a running back one in PPR? No, right? I mean, Christian McCaffrey's sake one. These you know these guys that pass having Kamara the pass catching running backs are the guys you're targeting. But yeah, look, I, I like Derrick Henry. Um, redraft dynasty less so. Um, I mean, obviously the main guy on the um, wide receiving core, uh, AJ Brown. Obviously, love the talent, fantastic player. For me, I would be avoiding him. You know, I've been avoiding him in startups. You know, he's going in third, fourth round. A lot of people are taking him as you know, like wide receiver one. You know, and I think from a this is the thing when you're comparing dynasty, right? It's yes, I think AJ Brown's going to be a productive wide receiver for years to come. But, you know, I can never see him really elevating himself into that new Julio sort of category just because of the way the Titans offense runs. I don't think he's going to get enough volume to support that sort of, um, that sort of production. That's the worry. So for me, absolutely, you're a fantastic wide receiver too to have on my team. Agreed. <clears throat> I'm not drafting him as a starting receiver either. Uh, Mo, what are your thoughts on the Titans? I pretty much agree um, uh, with all your assessments there. Um, I do like Darrington Evans. Um, I think they are gonna they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna they're not gonna give that such a large load to Henry any you know anymore. And you're gonna have that one two punch. You know this guy's more of a receiving running back. You know he'll he'll push it towards the outside. Um, he's very elusive. Um, he's one of those you know those home run threats if anything. And um, as per, but that's uh, again, it's one of those things. I mean, in a redraft, you're not going to draft him. I think in Di- in dynasty, he's a PB great to have, um, especially if Henry goes down. And you know, he's he's always missed one or two games here or there every season. So um, I could I could see him. Plus with COVID, um, I wouldn't you know in a redraft, it wouldn't hurt to if you haven't if you have a spare spot on your bench, it would not hurt to keep him there. Great handcuff. Um, one guy I really like is Jonu Smith. Um, yeah, he's. He's, I think, he's one of those sleepers. Uh, I think if you're in a keeper league, he's one. He's one of those guys you can target, you know, late in the teens as 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 a pick. Um, I think I, I think this year I've I've kind of targeted three or four tight ends. I think once Joni Smith, once Jaseki, once Herndon, and even Hurts for that matter. But his stock has been going up quite a bit uh, in in the ADP there. But I think Joni Smith, he's he's gonna be pretty pre- pretty good. Yeah, and the Corey Davis. <laughs> you think he can do a Devonte Parker? Yeah, Oh man, uh, I, I, I just, I just don't see the volume. AJ Brown's there. You have Jonu there. You also now you have a catching of running back. Uh, unfortunately, I like Corey Davis's talent. I just don't see the volume going his way. Yeah, I, I think Corey Davis is a classic guy. Like, if you've got him, you can't get rid of him because you're not getting any value for him. Um. I would hold on to him. You know, I've got him in. I traded, um, I gave away a second rounder last year to get him from from one of our leagues. But if he gets a move to another team, you know, which is a bit more pass friendly, you know, and he gets the volume there because I think they declined the fifth year option on him, right, in um, in Tennessee. So I think this is potentially his last year, um, and then he's off. So that's kind of what you're banking on, you know. You, I, don't, I can't see him doing anything really for you this year. He's more of a, you know, if you hope that you can kind of um, 
get a move somewhere else. Yeah, I agree. It, I think I've taken in one or two startups, more so dynasty side, but not sure I have much faith in him. Paul has just joined. Paul, what are your thoughts on Corey Davis? I think you traded him away, didn't you? Yeah, I did. I'm not a massive fan, to be honest. Um, it probably means he's all. Um, <laughs> it's, it's a normal. Normally, if they're any good, I trade them away. Well, I'm totally I was just going to say, uh, Mo, it seems like it's been a bit of a tough start for Darrington Evans. There are reports of uh, drops and fumbles. Uh, um, they said they loved, they loved his play. They were surprised. I think he had two fumbles uh, on Sunday's practice. Uh, but if you look at his history with App State, I don't think he had a fumble all last year. So I'm not too concerned with that. Um, but they, I think he's got very positive feedback on his running, the way he runs, the way he catches. Um, don't, I think the only, the only negative uh, uh, scout opinion was that he fumbled twice. But again, look at his history. App State, I think last year, I don't think he fumbled even once. It's always quite tricky, don't you think? The, um, the, when you see reports like that, and it's literally based on you know, a, 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 a very small sample size. Oh, yeah. Fumbles. yeah, I think like... Two hours of practice. <laughs> this is what I think is going to affect um, the affect rookies so much this year. The fact that you, you know, it's hard enough normally when they've got you know four games and they're playing part of them. You know, maybe a handful of um, of plays are involved in to actually make some sort of presence. You might, it's, it's going to be tricky for those later later picks to actually make any any input. Yeah, that that is true, and. Uh... Particularly on the, as you say, the later pick rookies, because um, I know one of the darlings. I think we covered it when the West was Eno Benjamin before the draft, and then he slid to the seventh. And now that teams will eventually be cutting rosters, he could be victim of that. Could end up on a practice squad somewhere um, afterwards, but could so much one of those. If they, if the if the team's taking you in the first one, two, maybe three rounds, <laughs> real you know a real desire to make you work almost whereas if it's a real flyer of pick it doesn't matter too much mm. absolutely okay we will end the afc south with uh the jaguars quite fitting uh as the punishment involves dressing up in a jag suit let's hope it's buck and not the four of us um a team we all love because they come to london all the time so um uh, those those suits have always been fun as well uh, so we'll go through the uh, team then. QB, you've got Gardner Minshew backed up by Joshua Dobbs, Mike Glennon, and Jake Luton. Running backs, you've got Leonard Fournette, Raquel Armstead, and Chris Thompson. Wide receivers, you have DJ Chark, LaVisca Chenault, Didi Westbrook, Keelan Cole, and Chris Connolly. Honorable mention to Colin Johnson as well, ex-Longhorn uh, player I picked up in one of my rookie drafts. Uh, tight ends, got a bit of a mishmash. You've got Tyler Eifert, who they've added from uh, the Bengals, Josh Oliver, James O'Shaughnessy, Tyler Davis. And then, again, I know I've mentioned kickers. I think this guy's quite reliable, Josh Lambeau. He's been a fairly reliable, reliable kicker, particularly for the Jags. So, um, Paul, any players from the Jags who stand out that you're targeting? Uh, DJ Chark. Chark really is about the only one that I particularly well actually Fournette as well. Those two I quite like both of. Um outside of that, not really. I think they're they're the two and Fournette I think is quite good value. He's dropping quite low at the moment. You know, he I still not managed to get him anywhere, but 
he's someone I would quite like to, to get where he's going at the moment. Yeah, and just a question then, DJ Chuck, would you be comfortable with him as your wide receiver one? Because no. he's going around, I mean, Mo, I don't know if you have the uh, ADP there, but I think he's going as a top sort of 18 to 20 receiver, isn't he? Uh, I believe uh, so. He is going... I kind of don't mind top 20, but not not as a, you know, not as a top 10, not as a wide receiver one, but... He's actually going 21, uh, you know, so right about that range. 21, yeah. okay. I'm, I always worry just about the Jags' offense in general, to be honest. One thing I would say, almost contradicting myself slightly, is the Jags' defense isn't what it once was. They've lost some big players this season and not really been able to replenish. I know they're always going to have a fierce sort of front four, but um, it's not quite the team that it once was. And that may mean Gardner Minshew's forced to throw more. So when you think about it that way, I like Chark's value in the sense that I think he's going to get a lot of targets. But, you know, that, that I hate to say it, but Jags look like they're in a rebuild and could be a bad team this year. Yeah. Chiggs, what are your thoughts on the Jags? Yeah, I mean, that's the thing, right? You know, I don't think their offense is really going to be um, consistent or that productive. So, you know, I don't think they're going to be scoring a lot of touchdowns. And... The ones that they probably do are going to go through Leonard Fournette, you know. So Fournette's a guy I actually really like. Um, you know, he was my first running back. I think that I took in our recent startup. I went sort of zero RB at the start, and I think I got him, you know, later on in the fifth or fifth or sixth round. Um, I think he'll still be productive this year. I think his reception totals will come down, but you know, still in the offense is going to run through him, and then. You know, you're kind of hoping then he gets a move somewhere into a more sort of favourable offence. But obviously, the you know, longer term, it's a bit up in the air. Yeah, the Jags are a team. You just kind of not really overly. You know, I'm not. I wouldn't be going out and looking to get get these guys with any sort of vic- uh, conviction. And um, Mo, I know you were a fan of this guy uh, last season. I think you might even own him in the league. Josh Oliver, poor guy, he's just broke a bone <laughs> in his foot again uh, as of yesterday. Yeah, um, I actually liked him as a dynasty again, that nice dynasty target. I kind of rated him there at Steinberger with you know, you know, just one of those sleepers that you know could pay dividends in a dynasty format. Uh, but yeah, I think it's done now. Um, I mean, he he missed all of rookie camp last year. There is no camp, and he's broken his foot. He's Missed, I think he missed all but one or two games last year. Um, he's going to have a rough road to kind of prove himself, and um, I'm, I'm probably not targeting him in any longer in any dynasty leagues. One guy I'm still crazy about, Minchu Mania, baby. He's, um, <laughs> like you said, Jags defense is not as it used to be. He'll be throwing the ball, got great reviews from camp. He's, he's, he's stepping up to be a leader there. You know, he's, he's caught the offense. Uh, quite well, you know, and they actually have some weapons. I mean, you know, you know, D.D. Westbrook is no joke. T.J. Shark, Conley, um, and you got uh, Chenault there too. Um, tight end wise, you got you know injured riddle Tyler Eifert, so they're kind of weak on the tight end side. But I, I, you know, honestly, I could see in a redraft league, I'm not, of course, I'm not going to draft him. He's a good waiver wire streamer, if anything. But in a dynasty, you know, it's it's you know as a late round QB, it's a decent punt there. Definitely in the streaming conversation, I think. One of those, you, you might look at matchup and think, oh, you know, he's got a good matchup, so I'll plug him. Uh, yeah, I don't know if I'd run him 
as a um, starter. But saying that, in 14 games last season, he threw the ball 470 times. So you're probably looking at a guy who's throwing well upwards of 500 times uh, towards 550. You, you probably don't mind him, right, if you if your bye week happens to coincide with a decent matchup for the Jags. But I would have thought that's it, right? I, you also got to remember, last year he was a rookie, and the offense was tailored uh, for um, Foles. So this year, it's, it's again, more tailored towards his skill set. So he's he's going to put up some decent numbers. Again, I think he's going to be a great streamable candidate this year. But again, this year I think just 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 QB in general. I think it's you got you got quite a quite amount of depth there. But yeah, like Paul said, I think you know you look at the matchups, got a bye week or you got a you know COVID related uh, you know QB injury or something along those lines. I think he'd be a great uh, streamer uh, uh, streamer of a QB. Very valid point actually. The COVID thing, you could easily have your quarterback out for three weeks on the back of not a lot. Yep. Yep. So I hope, hope the Jags can compete this year and put up a strong showing. Uh, I think it might be tough for them because the other three teams are all good. If you had to pick one now, uh, and I'll ask this to all of you, Chigs, who are you picking for that division? In terms of uh, to, win, to winning, winning, the division. winning the division, yes. Um, Colts. Mo? I'm going to go with Colts. Paul? I want to be differential, but I'm going to go Colts as well. Yeah. Uh, I Colts are my favourites, and I actually think the Titans finish second. Maybe I'm being a bit disrespectful to the Texans, but... It's going to be tough. It's a factor, yeah. It is going to be tough. You know, three, I think, fairly even teams, but the Colts are the team I fancy the most out of, the, out of those three. I just don't feel like yeah the, the Texans have got any better from last season. You know we talked about you know, for me to downgrade. I think in players, um, whereas I think the Colts, you know, have got have got better. You know, quarterback upgrade. They've obviously got DeForest Buckner now as well, added some additional receiving help. So they're already a very good team. I think that's just got stronger now. So I just can't see the Texans. Um, Texas doing, and obviously the Titans. I think the Titans will be there and thereabouts again. You know, they they look good. You know, once Tannehill took over last year, because even continuing that, you know, you know how they're going to play. Aggressive defense, run the ball, got a quality receiver in AJ Brown, and Tannehill looks like the player you know that, that was drafted in the first round by Miami. So, um, yeah, I think I think they'll they'll be good. But yeah, it should, it should be an interesting division. I think yeah, we, I think we will say the Jags are probably going to be a distant uh, distant fourth right in that division. That's what you think, but football often surprises you. So uh, we'll see how that one turns out. Okay, we'll move over to the NFC South then, uh, a team that Mo and Paul have uh, interest in from, in Mo's case, the team he supports, and in Paul's case, one of the teams that he supports. Well, I so, have my fingers. Well, one of 32 teams he supports, I think, is that right? <laughs> one of 32. Not 31, not the Jets. Violence and recent. Not the Jets, of course. Okay, um, we will start with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They obviously made a huge splash in free agency and picked up QB that you may or may not have heard of, Tom Brady. Um, looks like he's going to be the starter. Jamie Winston. I hear good things about this guy. I think he can go far. Yeah, he's a good, good, good promising youngster, I think. There. 
Well, youngster, youngster for Paul anyway, for the rest of us. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, cheap shot. Uh, Jameis Winston has, of course, left town. He's uh, stayed in division, so we'll get to him later. Uh, Brady's backed up by uh, Blaine Gabbert and Ryan Griffin. Running backs, this is where it gets interesting. You have Ronald Jones, Keyshawn Vaughn, the rookie, the Sean McCoy, who they've just added in free agency, and pass-catching pass specialist Dario Gunduwale. Wide receivers, you've got Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Scotty Miller, and then you've got rookie Tyler Johnson as well. Uh, also Jaden Mickens, uh, maybe a thing. Tight ends. I mean, it's a mishmash like it was for the Jags, but in a different capacity because you've got Rob Gronkowski, OJ Howard, Cameron Bray. Uh, I don't even know if I need to mention anybody else after that. I mean, some pretty tasty tight end options there. And then, of Alex. course, honourable mention to their defence, who were the best defence against the run last season. So, Paul, seeing as you're a, a Bucks fan, I'll uh, open the floor with you. Any players you like uh, on the Bucks? you think you're targeting, particularly I think it's quite simple. being taken too late? Um, to be honest, the only thing I don't really want to touch, um, from, and not even don't really want to touch, I'm just not sure where it's going to end up, is a running back situation. You know, Godwin and Evans, who are both, I think you'd you'd be happy with both of them as a wide receiver one, which I feel slightly uncomfortable with having Evans as such when he's a wide receiver two on the team and he's still going to be productive. I I, I still think Gronk will be, um, if it wasn't Brady being there, maybe not so much, but I think Gronk will be up to speed and fantasy relevant. Um, The running backs, they've just got so many people and so many mouths to feed. Someone will be, I just don't know which one. Yeah, I like the new guy. Um, you'd have thought not LaShawn, but you know, I, I find the running back situation a little tricky. But yeah, so Mo, obviously one of your team's uh, rivals in division. What are your thoughts on the Bucks? Any players you think represents great value for a season? Oh. See, I think that's the key word. I think value is why I find tough here. Um, I think they're all going to be great um, again, but you're paying a steep price for. Got, uh, Godwin and Evans. Um, uh, Gronk also is going sooner than expected. Um, one person I actually like in a dynasty format is OJ Howard. Uh, redraft, I'm probably not touching him. And running back situation, it's uh, it could be anyone's game there. Uh, I think Rojo is probably going to be ahead of the ahead of the pack. Uh, Keyshawn um, is just going to have he's going to have the highest upside, I believe. Uh, but so I, again, I think these are players are probably target in dynasty if anything um i don't think mccoy is going to be relevant honestly i'm not even really concerned with mccoy being there i think it's going to be more jones or it's going to be either jones or Keyshawn's backfield and i, I do I actually do like tom brady i think he's like the 11th or 12th overall qb i mean just look at his weapons uh he might be he might be a little little sneaky pick there in redraft leagues having tom brady with all these weapons you know if, if you think god was going to do good if you're going to think evan's going to do it if you think mcgron's going to do good well Brady has to do really good. So um, if anyone, I'd probably target Brady. You know, uh, Again, if, if it's late enough and he falls. I mean, at the moment right now, he is projected to go right after Breeze um, before Stafford and Joe, and Rodgers. Wow. Before Rodgers. Great. Wow. That's interesting. That, that surprises me. I mean, I do like the value of Brady, but... Wouldn't be taking him ahead of Aaron Rodgers personally, no. <laughs> I don't think I would either. 
Chiggs, what do you make? I know you're a fan of Keyshawn Vaughan. What do you make of that RB cluster that they have now? Yeah, it's it's messy. It's very messy because you know I've, I've talked about all off season that I think Keyshawn Vaughan's going to you know be the guy. I, I don't see Ronald Jones offering that competition. Now it sounds like I think Rojo's going to probably start you know start camp and start the season ahead of him. Um, the trouble is, you know, for different drafts I mean, I've seen them both going different spots. So sometimes I see Keyshawn Vaughan going way before Ronald Jones and other times I'm seeing Ronald Jones going pretty early on and Vaughan like really dropping, you know, so he is a bit of a crapshoot. Who are you taking out of the two in a dynasty starter? In a dynasty for me it would be Keyshawn Vaughan. You know, I still still stand by the fact that, you know, what I've seen of him, I think he can be productive um in the offense. You know, we've seen what Bruce Arians can do. Um with his running backs, you know, obviously David Johnson being the prime example. I just think, you know, last year he didn't have the talent. You know, Peyton Barber's not not a great running back. I don't think Ronald Jones is a great running back. You know, I think for me he's been overhyped just purely because, you know, where he got drafted and into the situation. So people like sort of said put two and two together and kind of jumped on it. Just um you know, didn't really have that much college pedigree coming in. Well, not to say that Keyshawn Vaughan does, but you know, I think he's he hasn't been as hyped to the level that Ronald Jones has. But yeah, for me, it's, it's still Keyshawn Vaughan longer term. Yeah, I think one really important move they made was actually their first round pick. Um, going back to Mo's point, and they signed Tristan Wirfs. I know there was a run of uh, offensive tackles. <laughs> there, a few of them were taken, but ultimately. You know, that's going to give Brady more protection. Worfs, in some people's eyes, was the number one uh, tackle, um, you know, offensive tackle. Uh, so I do like Brady. That RB situation is messy. If I can avoid getting one of them, I will. I definitely don't want to rely on any of them as my starter. And by that, I mean running back one or running back two. Uh, I understand the irony given my um, decision <laughs> in the illegal, <laughs> illegal contact draft, but... Uh, yeah, it, it just it just worries me. Uh, I mean, I may try and handcuff Jones with Vaughan. I don't really see McCoy having much value. I did like Ogunbowale before they signed McCoy, just because I know Brady um, likes that sort of swing pass to the running back. He used James White a lot in that respect. And I think Ogunbowale is the best catcher of uh, all the three or four that they have there. Although I know in the past, Shady's been very, very good in that respect. It's quite funny. I'm just reading on Sleeper, uh, one of the guests we had on the on the podcast before, uh, Carmen Vitali, you know, who's yep. obviously a writer for the Butts. Um, there's a there's a thing on Ronald Jones on the Sleeper saying um, she's written that uh, he's impressed both as a runner and receiver in early training camp practice. You know, on the on the official website, she says she's written that. Ah, very so, good. Uh, yeah, so uh, Carmen. So what was that, Paul? So this is why I just think I just think that backfield is so hard to be doing. Yeah, I think we all agree. Jones probably has the advantage, but then he has to make the most of it. And Bruce Arians is a bit of a no-nonsense coach like that. He will give it to the next man up if Jones continues to mess up, essentially. But uh, no, it's good. Carmen's getting a 
good exposure. Great guest as well. Had some really good feedback on Carmen. Uh, so next we'll move on then to the Saints, arguably the biggest competitors for the uh, Bucks in division, and that's no disrespect meant to the Falcons or the Panthers, but Saints, you know, last few seasons you think they're headed to the Super Bowl, you think they're headed to the Super Bowl, and it just hasn't quite worked out. So let's see if this could be their year. Um, Drew Brees, again, veteran QB, uh, possibly his last season, maybe one or two more. Backed up by, I don't even know if you could call this guy <clears throat> a backup, but Taysom Hill, sort of a do-it-all. He's a receiver sometimes, he's running back, playing special teams, he's QB, just a fun player to watch. And then James Winston, he's moved from the Bucks to uh, backup Drew Brees. Uh, then running backs, you've got Alvin Kamara, Latavius Murray. can't believe this guy's still a thing, but Ty Montgomery, who once had mild relevance at the Jets. You've also got Michael Burton there. Um, receivers, Michael Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders. Those two names stick out. I'll read through the rest. You've got Traquan Smith, Austin Carr, Benny Fowler. Uh, again, you know, nobody really of note. And then at tight end, Jared Cook, Josh Hill, and then rookie uh, Adam Troutman. And again, Will Lutz, uh, arguably one of the most reliable kickers in fantasy football. So, Chiggs. I should start with you, with the Saints. What are your thoughts on the Saints this year in, in NFL terms and fantasy players that you're uh, really intrigued by? Yeah, I mean, they're going to be there or thereabouts again. You know, still one of the strongest teams in the league. Just, you know, as much as Drew Brees is getting on, but still one of the best QBs in the league, especially in terms of IQ and experience. And you know, they've obviously been very close in the last few years in the playoffs, but... Um, you know, Breezes, Breezes is that classic, you know, later round QB you're sort of picking up if you're going for the ship. You know, you know, you know you're only going to be using him for a year or two, but that level of, you know, play he's going to give you for those one or two years, that should be setting you over the edge. So if you take like a younger QB early on in a super flex league and pair him with Drew Brees, so say you start with Deshaun Watson or Kyler Murray and then add him Drew Brees, that's pretty nice. Um, obviously wide receiver Michael Thomas you know, broke, the, broke the record for receptions last year I don't see him having that level of productivity this year um, I think Alvin Kamara is going to you know, obviously be get back to himself they've obviously added Emmanuel Sanders who I think is a great late round value pickup as well both in um, redraft and dynasty you know, the guy is super talented you know, now you know, they've got a solid number two receiving option there he was productive when he sort of joined the, the 49ers as well. So I think, you know, he's going to eat into a bit of Thomas's production, but I still see Thomas being the number one PPR wide receiver. You know, they feed him the ball. Um, and I can see Alvin Kamara finishing as a top five running back. I think, I think you know, he, he's going to get his touchdowns back on track again. That That's really what let him down last year, I think. So... Mm. You know, and it kind of it didn't help, obviously, with um, Breeze being out last season. You know, with Bridgewater did a very solid job and kept him going, but yeah, their offense motors when Breeze is there. And I think it could be exciting with uh, Jameis if you know anything happens to Breeze, for example. We all know Jameis is a degaff gunslinger type, and uh, with the receiving talent they've got there. 
if he does get yeah, exactly. opportunities, you know, could be could be worth watching. Uh, Mo, thoughts on the uh, your second favorite team, the Saints? <laughs> oh, the Aints. Um, uh, <laughs> I I think you got to still love uh, Alvin Kamara. I mean, he he won me the ship in one of my leagues last year, uh, and, and as noted, um, he was injured all year. I mean, he had a uh, I think well. Pretty much, I think after a couple of weeks, first couple of weeks, you know, he had some uh, uh, ligament damage in his knee, and um, and he still put up decent numbers. Um, I think I think he's uh, for his ADP wise, where he's where he's going is ideal for uh, you know a high upside. Um, so he's one of those ones I'll probably you know target after CMC, Barkley, and Zeke. I think Alvin Kamara should be the, the fourth best running back, uh, the fourth running back uh, that should be drafted. And, you know, I've seen him, you know, I've seen him fall in a couple of drafts uh, where, you know, Cook goes before him or, you know, people take Henry before him. And I think that's where you get great value for Kamara um, yeah, in, a, in a redraft. And um, uh, as for value, Sam Sanders, as uh, Chiggs mentioned, uh, I mean, he is going presently somewhere around the 45th, 44th receiver off the board. He's kind of clustered there in the likes of Crowder, who, who I'm pretty bullish on. Sterling Shepard, Anthony Miller, C.D. Lamb, John, you know, Dante Johnson, and, and this is in redraft rankings. Mm. Uh, so I think that's tremendous value right there. Um, Breeze never had a you know a second wide receiver to throw to, and I think this is going to open up opportunities for Mike Thomas as well. And uh, yeah, and tight end wise, I mean, I'm still pretty bullish on Cook, even though sports analysts are not. Uh, one person I do love in dynasty format is Adam Troutman. Mm. You you watch some of his. High uh, college highlight reel. I have to say, he reminds me of Kittle, except he's not. You know, when it comes to pa- pass catching and running after after the catch. Grand, he was in a slightly lower division, but oh my god, this guy, this guy, this guy just looks amazing. One thing I think he kind of lacks is blocking, so I don't think he's gonna you know pass blocking, or even run blocking for that matter. So I don't see him being on the field as much as for the first year. Uh, but I think second and third year, you know, he stays healthy and develops. He's gonna have tremendous upside. In a in a dynasty league format. Yep, I think hard to hard to disagree with that. Traquan Smith, can he still be a thing? Is he worth rostering in dynasty? Uh, I I don't think so. He had his, he had he had his chance honestly, and he just he just didn't do much last year. Yeah, great. Yep. Okay, we'll uh, move on then. Next up, we'll go to the uh, Falcons. And we'll leave um, best to last for you, Matt. Uh, so Falcons, uh, QB, Matt Ryan, Matt Shaw, running back. Here's where it gets, gets interesting. Todd Gurley, Ito Smith, Brian Hill, Audrey Ollison. Uh, wide receivers, relative youngster. You may or may not have heard of him, but Julio Jones. I believe that's how you pronounce it. Julio. <laughs> uh, <laughs> then you've got Calvin Ridley. Uh, Russell Gage, and then below them you've got the likes of uh, Olamide, Zacchaeus, Laquan Treadwell, if he could ever become a thing. Um, Titans gets interesting again. You've got uh, Hayden Hurst and Jaden Graham and Jared Pinkney, who I think is worth um, keeping an eye on in Titan Premium formats. Um, Actually had a fairly productive college, uh, his uh, final year at college, so... um, player worth keeping an eye on but um yeah chigs thoughts on the uh falcons players so just before we get into it um mo i've got an outstanding trade i've sent here in uh, the idp league 
uh, Russell Gage for Darwin Thompson. Any interest in uh, trading there Ooh, or not? Um, I think I saw that. Uh, my co-manager did not care for that trade. Um, okay. I was kind of intrigued, but didn't really care too much for it. Um, that really wasn't. I mean, I think it was just. I, I like Russell Gage's upside, but yeah, I'm going to say no for now, and then now you can go ahead and rave about okay. Russell Gage. So now I'm going to talk up Russell Gage. <laughs> um, um, yeah, thought maybe I'll try and get the trade in before I talked him up. But um, look, obviously, you know, I love Julio Jones. Um, still think he's going to be very productive this year. But I can see, you know, the the end sort of in sight um, for him. So I think, you know, for me, Calvin Ridley, first couple of years, he's that guy that's primed for that third year breakout. Love Calvin Ridley. Um, going into this year, I think he's going to sort of take a real step up and show what he can do. And you know, Russell Gage for me is a real nice sleeper. I think you know, if you look at the amount of targets that have been vacated by um, Austin Hooper and obviously when Mo Sanu left as well, you know, they like Russell Gage, and I think you know he's going to be sneaky sort of value. Like you're not saying go out and pay for the nose for him, but you know, late on in drafts, you're basically getting him on pennies on the dollar. You know, he's the kind of guy maybe you can throw in. If you're trading, add it, you know, get him as a piece that's added on, you know, to a to a trade talk. Um, I think yeah, it'll be nice value for you there. Um, Todd Gurley as well. I love I love Todd Gurley's value this year. You know, the guy. Everyone's obviously concerned about the knees, um, but he was still very productive with the Rams last year. Um, and you know, he's the main guy in um, in Atlanta. We saw Devonta Freeman put up numbers there last year and carried motor to the ship. Um, I don't see Ito Smith or um, Quadri Ollison being, you know, decent enough competition. So that job is Gurley's. He can catch the ball. Um, obviously, good runner. Obviously, he relies on him staying healthy, but he's the kind of guy that you can pick up in Dynasty, definitely. You know, you may not get too many years out of him, but... Definitely um, a productive kind of player that can plug, plug some gaps here. And in redraft, yeah, Gurley, Gurley's a guy I think, you know, could, could shoot on the upside. What about Matt Ryan? What are your thoughts on Matt Ryan? QB1? I love Matt Ryan. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you know, Matt Ryan. Yeah, you look at him, he sort of fluctuates, right? You know, um, but this is a guy that finished, I think, as the QB2... I think Mo had a QB1 finish. You know, he's got that sort of upside. Um, but, you know, you're getting him as your QB 10 to 10 or 11, something like that probably, in a, in a, in a dynasty league in the Superflex. You know, you say if you start with one of the, the big big guys early on and you add Matt Ryan as your second QB, you know, you're still, he's, I think he's, what, 34? Yeah, he's still, I think he's still going to be productive. Yeah, I like yeah, that. Still, still got years. I think we talk about that three-year yeah. window. Yeah, uh, I like Matt Ryan. I think he's being slept on in dynasty formats. Uh, I think he's going a little bit later than maybe he should be. So yeah, I'm a big fan. I think he'll have a good year. That again, a, a team that could struggle could be on the field uh, a lot and you know forced to throw. So um, and that helps Todd Gurley. I mean, a lot of his touchdowns did come through the air last year it wasn't all sort of rushing uh production so um yeah I managed yeah. to miss Gurley and Ryan and I really like both of them and they're both going late I'm not quite I've, I've just 
keep being slightly hesitant to take them, and I think they're really both really good. They're they're my two favorites. And who? Sorry. Uh, Julio, obviously. Oh, Julio, yeah. Yeah, Julio is an interesting one because he's sort of sliding to mid, maybe back end of the second. And um, I still think he's going to be a top five receiver. His wide receiver three last year, wasn't he? Yeah, I mean, the guy's fantastic. You know, you, the guy's so consistent, right? You know, he's, I mean, just imagine he added some touchdowns to his game and, geez, that guy. Um, I mean, the, the the best value in the draft, you know, the, the IDP start we had was um, Mo getting Julio Jones at the back end of round four. Yeah, I was going to say. Dynasty, so I got, got four. Kenny, Kenny Golladay and Julio Jones at sort of 4-11 and 4-12, which was just ridiculous value. Um, yeah, so that's, yeah, that's I, nice. I, I, that's, I think that's one person everyone should keep an eye on. If, if you're... Even in a redraft league, I've seen Julio fall late second, early third, which is a shocking. I mean, I understand, like, you know, you got Goodwin, you have Galladay, and all these guys are moving up. Um, but Julio Julio should not be falling that far. And I think if you have a late second rounder, I think you're going to be you're going to be pleased to have him as uh, as your wide yeah. receiver one. Well, that's the thing, right? So you, you started your startup with probably one of the big running backs in Zeke, Kamara, uh, Saquon, something like that, you know, with one of your top four or five picks, Dalvin Cook, and then you pick up Julio Jones at the back end of the second, you know, late middle to the back end of the second. That's a that's a great start to your draft and redraft. Yes, indeed. So we have a little known team, last team to cover, Mo. Um, no team close to your heart, as it's the city you live in. So we've got the Carolina Panthers. Uh, QB, a new addition, Teddy Bridgewater, backed up by star of the XFL, PJ Walker, and uh, Will Greer, uh, running back, uh, Christian McCaffrey, everyone should know CMC, uh, backed up by Reggie Bonifon and Mike Davis, uh, wide receivers, uh, DJ Moore, Curtis Samuel, and Robbie Anderson, also got some lesser known names like Seth Roberts and Vera uh, Cooper. And then at tight end, no longer Greg Olson. It's uh, down to Ian Thomas and Chris Manhurts. So, um, Mo, I think we have to ask, what are your thoughts on the Panthers this season as a team and then fantasy purposes? Ooh, this season, um, I'm not holding out for anything big. Uh, let's just put it that way. But um, they could, they, they'll, I think they, they'll get some surprising wins here and there. Um, I think, I mean, defensively, we are terrible. So I think, you know, if you're looking for fantasy, you know, on a fantasy perspective, I think you want to target some of these uh, Panther players because uh, they're going to have to score points. And I think the best thing, the best addition to uh, the Panthers is Joe Brady. I mean, you saw what he did with LSU. You saw what he did with Joe Burrow. He has a spread out offense. And and I'm I'm I you know I can't toot this guy's horn enough or whoever's the quarterback and it's going to be you know of course it's Teddy Bridgewater here but whoever's a quarterback in Joe Brady's offense is going to put up points and Teddy Bridgewater and I I don't even see him being drafted in in redraft leagues dynasty you can get him super late I picked him up in our IDP uh, draft here uh, he's 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 just going to put up numbers we have no defense he's going to throw the ball. And the only, the only, the only shaky part we have with the Panthers is the offensive line. We did get an upgrade there at tackle, 
uh, trading for tackle with the Chargers or Kung. However, he is debating on retiring or not, so that may hurt us a little bit. Um, that was terrible. We 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 basically you know traded a you know elite uh, guard there in uh, Trey Turner for uh, a Kung. But I mean, I guess it kind of helps us on a salary standpoint for future years. But uh, yeah, uh, I think Teddy Bridgewater is someone that everyone should target late. I mean, pick him up in the waiver wire, pick him up 15th, but. You've heard it here. I think he's going to have a tremendous year as long as he stays healthy and the line can you know, protect him. But I think with Joe Bray's offense, you can get the ball out of his hands immediately. So I'm not too concerned. I mean, you have DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, Samuel, and CMC. Uh, he's got weapons around him. Uh, and that's one that kind of moves me on to you know, the wide receiver. I mean, DJ Moore is going to be an elite wide receiver. Uh, I just, I'm just not a big fan of his ADP of where he's being drafted. Uh, Robbie Anderson could be a sleeper and so could Samuel, but it's going to be one of those offenses again, that I just don't know who's going to get the ball. It kind of reminds me of the Browns to an extent, uh, where, you know, one, one player may have a big day and another player may have another big game here. Uh, but again, it comes back to, uh, I think Teddy will, should have a consistently big game every week and week out. And, uh, in fact, I think in one of our leagues, I've got the backups too. Uh, the backups can be interesting with Will Greer and PJ Walker. I honestly don't know who's going to win that battle, but uh, any QB, you know, you know, on J- again, Joe Brady offense, I think is going to is going to do quite well. Yeah, and I mentioned this when we we're talking free agency. Robbie Anderson um, is back with Matt Rule, who was his um, college coach as well. Temple. I think Bray uh, Anderson, sorry, has got great sleeper value. Uh, honestly, do because. He was the number one guy at the Jets. Now, I know Panthers' offense versus Jets is uh, difficult to compare, let's say, but um, I, I do think he'll win out and be the wide receiver too. Uh, I know a lot of people are hoping for Samuel's breakout year, and I do like Curtis Samuel. I actually traded for him in a couple of leagues, but with the addition of Robbie Anderson, I think that's going to hurt Samuel a lot. And, and and Anderson's a very good receiver. I mean, you're still paying him, what, $12 million for the season? So it's not chump change. Um, so I, I think Anderson will open up uh, opportunities for more. But also, uh, one of those guys, I think it's worth rostering in a, a lot of PPR-type startup leagues because he's, he's been a wide receiver one before for his team. So, uh, yeah, that's my views. Jigs, thoughts on the Panthers? Um, I mean, I absolutely love DJ Moore. Um, you know, for me, he's that guy that I can see being that, you know, breaking into that elite tier of wide receiver. Maybe not this year. Um, you know, just with the offense sort of changing new, new, you guys in town and stuff. But if you look at what this guy's done in his sort of three season, now entering his um, third year, but he, he's delivered every year. With poor quarterback play, you know, um, he, he's the main guy there. And the, the good thing, I, what I love about him is his yards after the catch, right? This guy makes plays once you get the ball in his hands. And that is exactly what, you know, Teddy Bridgewater is going to be hitting him on those sort of slant routes and stuff. And he's just going to be taking those sort of, um, taking that ball and, and make, making yardage from it, you know. So, um, you know, super consistent last year when he was playing. Um, I absolutely love him in Dynasty. You know, he's a guy I'd be targeting, and I, and I have in all my leagues. I, I totally agree with him. I, I, I think he's he's gonna be a, a, an elite wide receiver in the years to come. In Dynasty formats, he's great to target. I 
the one again the one only one drawback I have about him is the ADP. He's dra- somehow he's he's gone he's gone on everyone's radar. That's one thing I don't like. Um, so you you you're kind of you're kind of paying you know you, you're gonna have to use a second or a third round to acquire him. And um and I w- I would love him at fourth, but uh, that, that that's my only downside I can I could give you. Paul, any yeah, players from the Panthers that stick out for you? He's. I think he's just going a little bit earlier than where I'd like. I don't think I'll end up with him in anywhere. Um, I'd love to see him see. I'd be really happy with Teddy as late as he's going. I really liked him before he was injured. I, you know, it's a, it's a long shot. I wouldn't want him as my starting uh, starting quarterback, but I wouldn't mind having two, even in a in a you know in a, in a standard league, just on the potential upside of having him him actually end up being your guy. He, I mean, he could he could easily be a guy, but he's hasn't played for so long. So hey, uh, Paula, week one, it's uh, your Raiders versus my Panthers here. Let me know if when I fly down, we'll get some tickets. If it's in Vegas, I'll go. Uh, it's in it's in Charlotte. <laughs> Good old like Charlotte. He's gonna tell his missus in Vegas, and he's still gonna go. Yeah, I'm gonna take go to home game. Take Wait, an go. umbrella with you, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> Man, we can't get in yet. I'm gonna have to borrow your passport. Oh, that's true. That's that's true. <laughs> Uh, one player uh, I will call out on an IDP perspective, particularly Dynasty. I know, Mo, you're a fan. Uh, Jeremy Chin. Um, where, where we're talking, we've talked before, I should say, uh, on IDP, try and tackle players on the bad defences at linebacker and safety. I think Jeremy Chin, even though he's uh, listed as a safety, I think he's going to get a lot of tackling opportunity. And then, um, obviously, with... Uh, well, if you're Luke, talking about IDP, guys. Panthers, um, Shaq Thompson, yeah, for me, is, is a standout guy there, right? With lost, lost the best the linebacker in football, in yeah, with Keekley retiring, the opportunity, uh, um, yeah, Shaq Thompson's the guy that's in there. Any interest in Ian Thomas? Nobody's mentioned him so far. I'm, I'm gonna say stay away. Uh, I, I know, I know, uh, I traded with uh, with uh, Chiggs here of him with him. I mean, he's still got great upside. Um, he just did not make that year two jump that I expected him to make. And honestly, I think that's one of our weakest, you know, parts there. He's, you know, he's supposed to be that receiving. He hasn't learned the blocking scheme and, um, he's supposed to be a pure receiver yet last year. He still had tons of drops. Um, he grand, remember he is a basketball player coming in like your, you know, like your famous Mo Ali Cox there. So, you know, he did, he did, he didn't play tight end in college for one year. So he's new to that, but you know, when when a player like you know when his player of his caliber does not make that second year jump, it just I'm just kind of a little more hesitant on him in both dynasty and in you know you're not going to draft him in redraft. Let's face it, but in dynasty format, um, I'm a little hesitant, and I think that's one place where we don't really have an answer. The Panthers don't is is that tight end, in my opinion. Mm. And and it's a new offense, so it's not the same offense that Greg Olson was productive in. You know, it's a complete new. Coaching staff, new offense, as you said, uh, Joe Brady, Matt Rule. Um, so all change at the Panthers. I, I'm excited to see you, where you guys are in in a year, maybe two. Yeah. That, as you said, good coach there. Um, I remember Broad, our Giants fan, was very disappointed that the Giants couldn't get uh, Rule in. So, um, <clears throat> yeah, excited to see what the Panthers can do. Just as you say, it could be a tough season this year. Okay, so that was the South. We've now covered all uh, all of the areas of the compass. So hopefully that's helped with your startups, whether a redraft keeper, 
dynasty, contract, whatever it may be. Uh, but for this week, that uh, is me signing out. Paul? Hey, hey. Jigs? <laughs> Cheerio, chaps. And Mo? Giddy up.